The sound you are hearing is the soundtrack to Heartbeat City, Gary Butterfield's upcoming podcast on the Duckfeed Network. We're going to make it happen. Patreon.com slash DuckfeedTV. Gary and his friends talking about love, life, sex, relationships, and everything in between over some dope-ass synthwave music. Again, check it out. Make it happen. Patreon.com slash DuckfeedTV. Staring at skeleton makes me nervous. Staring at skeleton makes me nervous. Staring at skeleton makes me nervous. Staring at skeleton what makes me beautiful. Staring at skeleton what makes me beautiful. Staring at skeleton what I'm talking about. Sweating like a pig here. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where we cover every single episode of the X-Men animated series and a bunch of X-Men related media in between. How are you today, Gary? What's what's life like for, uh, for, old, for old Mr. Butterfield? Oh, you know. Things are well. <laughs> you doing a, are you doing like a demented <laughs> Professor X there? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Logan, we have to make them learn. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna need know. a few more fucks in there if you're gonna do a full Logan, <laughs> Professor. That, that's that's my psychic uh, killing everyone. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm good. I, uh, I it was my my girlfriend's birthday yesterday. Nice, uh, happy birthday. A, oh, well, shout out to you, uh, <laughs> girl I'll, I've I'll never send, met and don't know. I'll send that out. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, she had a, a garage sale during the day and then a party at night. Uh, and I went over there and helped her with it. So I was kind of just like gone all day mm-hmm. and then uh, just got back home a little while ago. And uh, I'm tired from a day of doing, you know, partying and then working and both. But it, it was very fun. And now I'm home and I got a, a day, a long day of recording ahead of me. And then I'm going to do fuck all. And then I'm going to uh, tomorrow, though, start back in on packing because I'm moving. Yeah. Get into yeah. the new place. Here's a this is this is germane to the show. Uh, mm-hmm. I decided to get rid of like just about all my comics. I, I yeah, had to do it. I can see that. I, yeah, I'm moving into a small place, and I got I I bought um I went on vacation recently and I bought a tablet and I went ahead and sprung for a Marvel Unlimited uh, membership because mm-hmm. it you know read pretty well. And then I was just like I just I have so much of this just digitally and at the yearly price it's like five dollars a month. You know, like, is it really yeah, worth me like hauling like, like literally six huge boxes of you know these these trades, and yeah, so Marvel Unlimited isn't perfect. It like it's missing some pretty wide swaths of um, swaths swaths whatever swaths. Uh, either it's, way, it works. I think it's, I think um, it's swathes swaths, right? Yeah. Uh, well, that could also be like a, a a fabric swath. So I think maybe it's true, both. True. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's really get into I mean, this. Let's let's go to vocabulary.com. Actually, actually I don't know. Um, 
the, uh, which had, it's missing the, some stuff, but it's it's totally worth it for the price. And like uh, Autumn is at the point where she's buying books on the Kindle that we already have in hardback, and we're just like donating the hardbacks to Goodwill because unless it's an important book, like why do you have this thing that made out of paper that collects dust in your house yeah. that you will probably never read? I'm just turning into like digital digital boy. Like I kept a couple mm-hmm. things. You know, I kept some of my comics, but I got rid of you know most of it. And I'm just like I don't feel bad about it. I'm just going to switch to digital because I want to be able to move and I want to be able to have space and all these things. You know, I don't know how long we all stay at this new place. You know, it's I mean, it will be more. It'll be like a year at least. But I don't know if I have to move mm-hmm. again in a year. And it's like just doing that again. But the the frustrating thing with these digital services is the way that they are uh, splintering. You know, so it's like I, I looked at Comicsology and it was missing a bunch of Marvel stuff I wanted to read. So I got the Marvel one, but there's a bunch of like non-Marvel stuff I'd like to read. So do I have do I subscribe to multiple yeah. comic streaming services? Like that kind of feels bad. So I, I don't know exactly what to do about it. But it's the same thing. Now, with everything. Like I'm, I'm subscribed to Hulu and Netflix at this point. Yeah, because we want yeah, to get the Handmaid's Tale, Cisu, so. and you're going to get a CISO and a and a, and a Shutter and like all the you know just going to splinter oh, and yeah, all these different yeah. things. And it's a, it's a bummer. Um, I did my 30 I, I, days in CISO. CISO probably had their <laughs> best month ever when that My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast TV show yeah. came out. Because <laughs> did your 30 days. I put in my time, CISO. Get off my dick. I don't want to. There's some uh, so a comedian I like. He's like, I, I know more people have seen a UFO than have subscribed to CISO. And I'm just like, that's, that's probably about right. Because like, it's all good stuff I want, but it's like, I, I can't subscribe to CISO. Then it becomes a weird obligation where it's like, well, if I don't watch my CISO... You know, then like then you're wasting money. Wasting yeah, my it's money, like a GameFly yeah. subscription, right? Like I've had the exactly. last, I've had two GameFly games sitting on my counter for at least a month now that I should I should probably be turning around. But I, I barely play video games anymore. So yeah, that's the that's the worst. And and also you got caught in some perpetual games. So we have to talk about that now. That's for a different show. But we'll, we'll no, no, no. There. Let's get into it. You want to you want me to tell you about my Overwatch ships? I'm into that. <laughs> oh please. <laughs> yes <laughs> do you think somebody has legitimately asked that question and heard yes back in response like even people yeah, that are into it are probably like no i don't actually i don't really I, care there, i don't there care probably podcasts that have whole segments on that like we're just like let's get into the shipping news no no not the movie the the overwatch <laughs> shipping news you know and and just spend the whole time just like what if this uh this lady was a lesbian and the other one was a lesbian and then they ate each other out Papa. You know, and then and then go forward with that. I don't know actually know what shipping is, so I don't know if it has a lot of conolingus in it. I just assumed. Well, I went to. Uh, I was looking for a new uh, avatar for Twitter because I was doing a dumb Twitter thing this weekend, and uh, went to the Overwatch fan art Tumblr. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, like, I knew it in my head, but I had never experienced this—the sheer overwhelming amount of basically pornography, like just just the, the these characters in the game just drawn with enormous breasts and like tiny bikinis. It's, I mean, it's just insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I could that. The uh, I'll I'll, I'll send you some links <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I I uh, I can I can Google it and I can imagine it and I can also like look at pictures of like actual naked ladies like literally whenever I want. Man, it's just uh, I know I like this. This makes it sound like I'm I'm giving you shit and I believe that you uh, are getting you know turned on by this and I know you're not. Mm-hmm. So no, I apologize no, for no. that. And no, honestly, no, no. if you're listening to this and this stuff makes you horny, like I I, I don't care. It's just weird to me. But I don't care. It's fine. Yeah, beat off to what you want, but like you, you Overwatch masturbators and you like tentacle porn masturbators. I just, I'm not going to get it. Like I just, like it's yeah, fine. Yeah, like yeah. Do, do whatever you want to in the privacy of your own home. I don't care. I just, I just don't understand it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's also just like 
you know, and we, we talked about this bunch. This is becoming the side side topic of this specific podcast. But just <laughs> let's like, talk about sex, baby. <laughs> yeah, let's talk, let's say it's the sex man, the sex man animated series. The um, but where it, it's just like and just you know playing a game. It's like lots of like cool shooting and stuff happening in it, and it's like a, an action game where people want to kill each other a bunch. And then someone just be like, no, no, no. There's this whole layer of relationships and dynamics that's on top of this that they don't talk about, but I'm telling you, it's there. Like I just don't understand. I understand why that would make it more fun. Like if that were text as opposed to subtext, like I think that would make it a cooler game because the actual base game doesn't appeal to me that much. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the kind of like magical thinking that like believes that's there and intertwines the two things. You so know, like, not to, not to like, well, actually you, but no, well please, actually. please. Well, actually, cause I don't, I don't, um, I don't understand it. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. I want to be, well a, as you, as you're like grouping up at the, at the beginning of a match, like you have like about a minute before the match actually starts where you're just kind of grouped up with all your people. You're running around, everybody's emoting at one another and character specific characters have like different dialogue with them. So like if you get, and I don't know any of this stuff cause I don't watch like overwatch lore videos. I give a shit for any of that. But, um, if one character has like a history with another one, like the first one will say something like this better go better than it did last time. I was like, well, that was your fault. Like, so there's, they build that kind of relationship dynamic within the, in the game, like as you're playing, which I think is kind of well, neat. Well, but, they're, uh, they're talking about, they're talking about overwatch skirmishes, right? They weren't talking about like the last time, like the last time we tried to finger each other in a bathroom. <laughs> no, so well. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but then also like some of the stuff like, uh, like tracer and, uh, I don't remember who, I don't remember. I can't remember anybody's name in this, uh, but they're like in, in the, in the actual lore stuff, like they, they are outed as a couple, like they are. Okay. Yeah. So like some of that stuff is official quote unquote canon or what have you, but which I like just because uh, it makes Gamergate people mad. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, like in any uh, kind of representation, right? Like, especially when it's official from, from a company yeah. like blizzard, that's huge. And it's a triple a game and all that other stuff. Like that, that's, that's all positive in my mind. I just, Oh, like I, and I feel bad because I know people are tired of talking about Overwatch, and here I am talking about Overwatch. But like, like once you gotta get into it, like that's all you do. I'm just waiting for people to mute me on Twitter at this point because I can't stop fucking talking about it. Yeah, people people get really addicted to Overwatch. It's one of the reasons why I won't play it because like I like I like Team Fortress too, but I don't want to play a perpetual game, kind of no matter what. You know, like I just know that it will stop me from playing other games, and I want to I want to finish things. You know, I want to I want to I want to finish experiences. I don't want to just have a thing I just go to for a little bit and that's just always there you know yeah, yeah. that's just never gonna appeal to me anyway um, let's talk about the x-men <laughs> yeah, the x-men are also good um well, yeah. so the reason why we got into this uh so i started just because a lot of people are telling me to, after we talked about the grant morrison x-men mm-hmm. to read the uh, jason era and wolverine and the x-men and yeah. I, I read the first arc and uh it's good it's like it's me which fun. one is the first arc is that when they they're opening the school and they've got like the the inspectors or whatever walking around yeah and the, and the hellfire club crazy. like the yeah, yeah you know a bunch of things happen though i read up through kitty getting pregnant i read it's up to the the avengers versus x-men crossovers i read the first like eight issues i think okay yeah. um and it is, it is good it is it's interesting that people make so many comparisons to the grant morrison x-men because like it does have kids in it but the grant morrison x-men wasn't a comedy book and this no, is like in- very much a comedy book like everybody's cracking jokes all the time. Like I'm kind of surprised by how light the tone is, you know, I, I've never, I, until you said that the last time we recorded, uh, when we started talking about Wolverine and the X-Men, I'd never heard that it was like the follow up to Grant Morrison stuff. So that was, I think that was unofficially, <clears throat> I think, I think the reason why I think that is because, uh, Jay and Miles said it on one episode, they said it was like the spiritual successor. Ah, and gotcha. I, don't, I don't always trust those guys. Yeah. Those, those folks take it anyway. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know. Don't, I would say like maybe half the time I agree with them about X-Men stuff. Um, the, uh, uh, but that they had said that. And like, I, I generally like, I don't always agree with them about X-Men stuff, but I don't think they're people of like no taste, you know? So 
them saying it was part of the reason why I wanted to check it out. I was just surprised by it. I wonder if it's just been a while since they read the Rant Morrison stuff and remembered the kind of lighter stuff with the kids and not all of like the heavy weird shit that happens. Yeah. Cause I, cause I just reread that. It's real easy to read like the first couple of arcs of Grant Morrison's too. And, and, and come out of it thinking that, and I know the JMLs haven't done this because they're, they're, they're the certified experts in the field. Mm. Uh, no pun intended, but um, it, it's, it's easy to forget like that back, the back half of his run is just goes wild and crazy and super dark. So like, it's, it's hard to remember that if you've like, haven't read that series in a long time, but Wolverine X-Men is just, it's super jokey and fun. Like it's just a really good comic. Like it's a, it's a yeah. superhero comic about superheroes doing some dumb superhero stuff. And I can really get behind that. Like it's, it feels like there's no pretensions to it whatsoever to be something that it's not. It's really fun. And the characters that are in it are good characters. Like a lot of them are just kind of sketches. Like there's not a whole lot to like kid, kid guardian or whatever, or kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's just you know, mad. <laughs> yeah. He's just mad. So it's like, it's just, it's just enough to make him like a comedy beat in the background, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, if there's any problem with it so far and maybe it, it still has time to pull up, you know, um, it hasn't felt like there's any character development in it, like at all, you know, which is, which is fine. Like, it just feels like everyone's kind of that way. Like everyone's yeah. kind of like a joke and it's a bunch of jokes that kind of get along together um, and, and, and are funny and, and fun. You know, but it, like, I'm not saying I needed to get serious, but I would love to have like, you know, some character moments. And they're kind of swerving towards that a little bit with Iceman. So we'll see, uh, see if that plays off. You know? Unlike uh, this episode, which has just a, just a fucking sea of unlikable characters in it, Gary. <laughs> these this these is, two I, episodes. I, I don't want to, I don't want to bury the lead too much. I think these two episodes, so one, like this is unquestionably the, the, the coolest and funniest Savage Land stuff. Not cool. It's the funniest Savage Land stuff we've done. I don't but think it's intentionally is, funny at all, though. No, no, it's not. But this is so outlandish and crazy that, like, I think these are really fun episodes. I think this is this is really stupid in a way that, like, because, like, spoiler, like, this ends with uh, a just Sauron uh, as like a seventy foot tall monster fighting a, a gigantic rock god, and like that's those are the stakes. <laughs> it's just like, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And we we get there kind of naturally. Like it's very very weird, and just everybody acts like an idiot. And it's it's kind of peak animated X Men for me. Uh, in yeah. the worst part of them, like peak bad X Men. You know, like there's like actual good X Men animated series where I'm like, man, this 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 you know the last episode I was like, man, this sucks for Iceman. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that what a bummer. And this is more just like. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> you know, it just, it just barely feels like okay. an X-Men story, right? Like if it just so happens that the X-Men are around here, they don't actually like besides outside of like no, storm, storm, they don't really like, do anything about this. It's a big this storm story. Yeah. And, and I also, I have to give it credit for like doing a storm highlight story that isn't like dealing with, you know, Minari, Minari, you know, and like uh, the shadow King, like elements of yeah. her backstory, I think suck. Like this is dealing with her emotionally and using another thing kind of to deal with it. It's just the thing they chose to to interact with her you know, emotionality, which is not like a you know it's it's kind of like a, a part of her character, but it doesn't come out that often in the the com- or in the TV show. Um, the thing they chose to to focus on it with is just ridiculous, and uh, and, <laughs> and really I think is. like legitimately pretty fun. Um, as long as you like sit back and relax and pretend like it's a He Man story or like it's a you know a Savage Land spinoff story. And it is, and it, I don't think we've actually said that, but this is, this is, uh, we're, we're covering two episodes today, Savage Land, Savage Heart, part one and part two. So this is a, another double episode. Uh, this is all about the Savage Land. It's, it, okay, but kind of like, it's not, it's not just the normal Savage Land. It's like this un, unseen before rock God, this weird bird sorceress. Like it's all this Garrock? Savage Land stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Garrock and Zaladane. It's all this stuff that we didn't know about before. So it's like, I'm kind of into it. You know, I don't know. Like, it, this kind of works for me. 
weirdly uh mostly just because the weird stuff it makes the x-men do you know like the x-men and, that are in it all act like the fool the, and, and and we have another run-in with the t-rex so that's always a good time we talked about that in the last episode like <laughs> really x-men are just so ineffectual yeah. against t-rexes <laughs> <laughs> their weakness uh the t-rex factor the um let's uh let's get into it so uh the first episode we're talking about is episode 19 savage land savage heart part one um sauron a shape-shifting mutant kidnaps storm and brings her to the savage land in order to feed from her mutant energy uh, separated from the rest of the X-Men, Storm is encouraged by Sauron to free her inner tempest of energy, awakening Garok. Garok. And just to um, uh, just to avoid the correction future, this was not episode nineteen. This is I, I just put that in there because that's the episode of the podcast. So yeah, I don't know. we're we're in season three. We're episode numbers. Season three is all at this point. Yeah. yeah. So and that's why we <clears> stop putting the dates on because like the dates are also meaningless. Like, no, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Everything is meaningless. Nothing matters. <laughs> let's talk about matters. the X Men. <laughs> so I, you could be forgiven for like this episode thinking it's going to suck because of how it starts off, which is so stupid. Oh where wow. it's, it's, It feels like it's literally like five minutes of just like throwing spears at pterodactyls. It's so like. dumb. Like, and so this is like a fight scene where the 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 Savage Land natives, which they haven't called these people by a different name or anything. Like, I don't I don't know what to call like them. Kazar's people. Yeah, Kazarians. They're yeah. Kazarites or whatever. Yeah. Um, Garak followers because they all worship Garak uh, are fighting Sauron that's and new. his team of like pterodactyls that are just flying around on his orders <laughs> with, with like people on their back. <laughs> it's so like they got catapults. <laughs> Has this cartoon done anything to? explain or present sauron as like a heavy like why sauron is anything other than just like a mind control pterodactyl and why that's like he can subjugate this entire people <laughs> you know he like just... it's because as far as as far as we can tell he can't have like a bunch of people under his control at once Mm-mm. you know like it seems like he can just do he's he's one and done he's a monogamous mind controller you know and and it, it's just real weird that he is such a threat to where like he's had these people oppressed as like you know lock them up as his slaves and stuff and this is their their revolt and this goes on forever um just like you know going back and forth between the catapults and stuff this action scene um <clears throat> sauron at this point is getting weak and the reason he's getting weak we find out later is he has to feed on mutant powers to stay sauron so how has he been sauron for so long in the savage land like he's barely there's not been mutants in the savage land why for would you time. live there <laughs> why would you live there Go, yeah. <sighs> there's so many other places you live so this scene though, where this happens, he's like kind of like stumbles around way and he's kind of drunk looking, you know, and Kazar uh, corners him, hits him with a spear, knocks him down. Before uh, this happens, Sauron says like, Kazar, I wouldn't do that if I were you. It comes, it's Sauron's voice and comes out of Kazar's mouth. <laughs> There's an animation area here that's incredible. Like Kazar just starts speaking <laughs> his voice, like he's throwing his voice, like he's his ventriloquist dummy. And then like, you you only have a second to think about how weird that is because then Zaladane shows up. And who the fuck like, is Zaladane? <laughs> can you can we explain Zaladane? Fucking lipstick! <laughs> like you're not Grace Jones. What are you doing with this stuff? <laughs> like, Autumn's first so, reaction because she was watching this episode with me. She looked up and said, "Is that a bird person <laughs> from Rick and it's Morty?" Some, it's, yeah, pretty yeah, dresses just like one of the bird people from Rick and Morty. Like uh, it's like if you wanted to dress like what if somebody described the Shiar to you and you had to make a Halloween costume for a Shiar, but like you'd never yep. seen them. Mm-hmm, this is what mm-hmm. you would dress as. It's terrible. And, and she and, basically, like, her whole purpose in this episode is just to do what, like, Garak wants, but she doesn't actually do a whole lot besides hypnotize Sauron. Like, that's, that's kind of it. She, doesn't, I, she, like, convinces him something, but her power is to fucking reveal secret doors and staircases yeah. and shit. She's <laughs> yeah. a staff that detects secret passages, like a magic <laughs> item in first edition D&D. Like, 
one. It's just and like she's. What's your magic power? I press X on doors until I find a yeah, illusory yeah, she wall. Can, she can wall hump from Wolfenstein 3D, and that's like her superpower. <laughs> Yeah, it's it happens multiple times in this episode. She like zaps the floor and it just makes a perfectly formed staircase. They walk yeah, down is, it and was uh, was the staircase oh, there before and it was hidden? Is that what's happening? Or did she sculpt it? Like I have I have no idea because like uh, Garrett kind of has earth power, so like maybe she created it. Like later, she reveals just an open door to the outside. While this is happening, though, the amazing thing is is uh, Sauron is losing his power, so he's slowly turning back into to his human form. And there's all these shots of him in his between phase, where oh, his like, so head is just kind of misshaped. He's just got this like, weird green. He looks like um, the alien that is Dr. Wily at the end of Mega Man 2. Like, he's, <laughs> his head is just kind of this weird egg-shaped thing, and it's so goofy looking. And you can't tell what's an animation error and what is, like... But he's got this, that, that weird half-formed head, right? Like, it's kind of elongated, but it's not full Sauron yet, so it's just like a really... Like Zippy the Pinhead? Real- it looks like a. It's just like it looks like someone did a terrible monster in the Dark Souls character creator. Like it just has yeah. that like long kind of head thing happening that nothing fits around correctly. It's just it's hideous. It, it's real weird. And then he turns into Carl Lycos, whose whose voice is like seven octaves lower than Sauron. <laughs> like he has a super villain. He has their like their voices got reversed or something. Or like Sauron's voice is all screechy like a pterodactyl. And then but Carl Lycos's voice is deeper than anyone in the shows ever has been. It's like deeper than Magneto's. Like twice as deep as Magneto's voice. He's all the I way. I don't know down what's here, going Gary. on. He's all like, the way down like, here. It's it's just like I don't know if I like I I can't do it. It, it you'd have to, like it's it's an audacity filter, but like in his throat. yeah yeah you got to go you got to go full Ving Roms on it right like you just yeah, have to yeah. go, <laughs> like the Ving dude Roms. has a voice. <laughs> Ving Roms, I enjoy Ving the work Roms. of Ving Roms. <laughs> <laughs> I love him in Pope Faction. The um. <laughs> So yeah. this is we, we get into something that's like my favorite part of the episode, I think, which is uh, when they walk outside and Zaladine says, "Oh, Magneto left his jet here from a while back." Like you guys might remember yep. that or whatever. And so he gets in it, and she's like, "You need to go to like the city or something." I don't even remember how she sells this on him. She just puts like this Garrock medallion around his neck and says, "Like go from here, like go on this quest." He pulls up the the UI for this thing, and he just has like an autopilot button for New York, uh, L.A asteroid m <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or savage land like it's just like you just click a button and you can go to asteroid m <laughs> he's got, he's got a very very few number of places that he likes to go um <laughs> i just love that there's a button for asteroid m it's just so that's, fucking great. that's so good like there's space just in general um and then i also like that he uh, uh when she reveals the ship you think it's going to be like this huge thing but just one of his little like scoot cruiser, cruisers you know like mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. you know the the ship so her her plan is is you know X Men villains and X Men and everyone in the show have really silly plans. Her plan relies on a lot of coincidences here, right? Like if you actually think about what she's doing, because she's fake. She gives him uh, a medallion, um, that ultimately will let her control him. But at first, it doesn't happen. She's just sending him to New York, which is like if you're feeding on mutants, this is just like a buffet. Yeah, seriously. You know? Have you seen yeah. the subways down there? Hmm. So, so the idea is like so that will happen. Her, she's banking on him bringing back a super powerful mutant from this, right? Like, is there anything that mm-hmm. like you know because he's going to kidnap Storm? Is there? Does she know that he's going to run into Storm? So he, like, New York's she doesn't. Big. She doesn't. But uh, Garrick in the second episode actually has he spills his whole plan and says like he would led 
he specifically led Carl Lycos as Carl Lycos to Storm so that he would hypnotize Storm and bring okay. back because that's what that's where he gets all of his power from or is the is the elements more or less. So it was his plan and I, like how Garrock is influencing somebody a thousand miles away why he why he isn't doing that all the time but i guess he has this medallion i guess that was her purpose. Yeah. it's just purpose. weird that he- the medallion didn't like glow or his eyes didn't glow like it's, it's not a cartoon that deals with subtlety like <laughs> if you're mind controlling somebody in this show like it's pretty obvious <laughs> yeah there's gonna be like some some sort of effect coming out of your eyes yeah. if you're mind controlling somebody um and this is like we get a so we, we move to new york first and we get rogue and storm who are riding around and at first i thought like okay this makes sense like you know, we've actually seen the stables in X-Men before. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we yeah. talked about that, I think in the first yeah. X-Men movie, but so I thought, okay, well they're, you know, they're on the property. They're at the school riding around in the, no, no, no. They're in central park. Like, yes. They, riding horses. They just, just cleared the way. And, and uh rogue in the section is particularly like the, like the grit that she adds to her voice. The actress like, is just like a full grit. Like I'm just imagining like a bunch of people having sexual awakenings to this. Over flying any day. <laughs> she's like, she goes, she gets crazy. Like she's just like, it's, it's, you know, there's that like that way. Like you, know, I think about that the band Heart when they did that like Crazy on You song, and I always think about that mm-hmm. when I think about like just you know somebody's just gonna fucking throw down, you know, when it comes to sex, and she's she's constantly making those mm, like those kind of, those kind of noises. Uh, during she's also in, like, f- in like full rodeo gear, right? Like yeah, she's, she's got like a belt buckled cowboy boots, which we've never seen her wear before. And like, Storm is dressed like she's going to hunt foxes in England. Yeah, she, she's in full dressage <laughs> outfits. Like that's yeah. that's how Autumn rides. Like Autumn dresses up like that every weekend to mm. go ride her horse. Like it's insane. I don't yeah. like. I, they're two different, totally different styles. Yeah. <laughs> like why are you guys riding together? <laughs> they're having fun. They just need to make sure that everyone knew that Storm was Southern. <laughs> If you forgot for some reason, or not Storm Rogue, Rogue, yeah. But now? she does, she does put on that extra twang, right? Like yeah. she, she starts twanging all over the place, and yeah, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Whenever and, she um, gets her like weekend jeans on, she's just like fucking twang it out. <laughs> um, and so they're having a very sloppy foreshadowing conversation about Rogue being like, "I'm wild and free," uh, you know, and Storm being like, "I'm reserved. You know, I'm too scared about going going out of control with my powers." Um, which is kind of frustrating. Like it comes up in the comics a little bit. It's frustrating in the show, which is a simplified version of the comics, because that is what the Phoenix is ostensibly about. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this women, you know, woman empowerment, like, you know, uh, losing control. And then she eventually dresses up as a sexy dominatrix and stuff. Like that's our X-Men metaphor for kind of like lady empowerment and, and kind of male fear of, of women being empowered. The storm stuff just kind of comes out of nowhere. It feels like in the cartoon to me. Yeah, they you know? they have not discussed this at all. Like it, the only kind of you know storm storm centric episode that we've had is when we went back to Africa with the with that kid who you named earlier, Minari, I think. And yeah, Minari. We didn't get any of that at all. Like it was mostly that you know the Shadow King wanted to possess her to use her power to use her full potential, yeah. but that that was really it. So yeah, this just yeah. comes out of nowhere. Rogue's like, you gotta let loose, honey. <laughs> like, <it's> yeah, just- <laughs> honey. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Storm's like, oh no, no, I can't do that. I'm too I'm too reserved. And it's like, okay, let's cut away from this because, you know, that's foreshadowing. That's what the, mm-hmm. these two episodes are going to be about is Storm 
uh, learning not to get her groove back. Storm, Storm putting her groove back on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna give her groove. How up. Stella returned her groove from the t- yeah, back to the, the library store, from the store. <laughs> like at the groove depository. <laughs> Stella returned her groove to the groove depository. Uh, <laughs> receipt. Oh, I'm sorry. Your the receipt for your groove is over 30 days. I can't do it. Well, can I can I get credit? Okay. Like, <laughs> Just if you have the card, you got it. On. Yeah, storm credit. <laughs> we can only exchange this for storm credit. That storm sounds credit. fine. Um, <laughs> So we go to uh, we get to see this this lovely exchange where apparently Beast has convinced Wolverine and Jubilee to go to the museum. Uh, it has to be because Beast was like, "We need to educate this poor child. She's at a school, <laughs> and we have not taught her house. anything." Yeah. All she's learned how to do is answer the phone and fucking set broken legs. So <laughs> <laughs> she knows that, and she knows how to get rid of uh, Gambit's one night stands before Xavier wakes up in the morning. Right? <laughs> you gotta get out of here. Get out of here, Shauna. Like, you need to leave. <laughs> Yeah, like, um, so th- this museum thing is is gold from front to back. Everything that happens between when they show them in the museum and Wolverine gets zapped is like my favorite thing that these guys have ever done. It's so <laughs> <Really> good. good. <laughs> like, oh man! So they're walking around looking at dinosaur skeletons and stuff, and uh, you know, Beast is being a nerd, and, and Wolverine's not having it, and Jubilee's bored, and of course, right? And like they're walking around, and Wolverine is just like, you know, or Beast says like, my friend. Why the foreboding countenance? Staring at skeletons makes me nervous. (laughs) What? What? Excuse me? (laughs) And then they're about to leave, and he's like, let's get a hot dog. (laughs) He says it in the same tone, and then Jubilee is like, last one to get the hot dogs, a pterodactyl, like, egg, or something real stupid. All the yeah, and then, a pterodactyl's like, egg, like, I think, is what she uh, says. Like, something just totally dumb. And Beast, like, looks at the camera and a real, like, those are my kids. So, with her now. How about the Guggenheim for the Magritte exhibit? How about a chili dog with the works? Last one there's a fossilized canary. As Shakespeare knew so well, how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. You know, (laughs) they grow up so fast. He walks outside and he's like, what about a trip to the Guggenheim for the such and such exhibit? And they're like, nope, nope, let's go get a fucking, let's go get a dog. From the no, street vendor, we, we, we talk, you, can't talk, you can do both. Like, what's like your plan for the days to hang out with the street vendor who looks like fucking Nick Fury and just like eat hot dogs with Nick Fury all day rather than go to the art museum? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not both? Right? Why not both? <laughs> just take Nick the, the, Fury to the to the museum with you. <laughs> it's also there's a thing in the background too that should be noted that it's a uh, New York Comic Con is happening. So I don't know why, but they make it. They make pains of establishing that, which made me think it was going to come up later, and it doesn't. I well, was like, so oh, they're, they're going to do a joke a where Sauron st- is in a costume, and they, or they that guy's got good cosplay or something like that with Sauron, and they, they didn't do it. There's a weird moment where, because uh, eventually Sauron shows up and starts fucking up the the nice X Men day that they're having, the X Men's day yeah. off, which always yeah. happens, but where he's like flying through the air, and it and, like it shows like a couple of cartoonists in a building working right, and I was like, that's a weird. Sh- I mean, like it's fine, but like they they don't really look like a anybody that I could identify. And I tried looking it up to see if it was like a reference, and I, I didn't find anything. So that, that's also not what happens at Comic Cons. Like I, I think yeah. that, like, that feels like it was like driving. He was flying by the Marvel offices. They're exactly. just kind of trying yeah. to show, like, you know, and it's just like, man, this is going to pay off at some point. Like, they're going to show these, like, at the end, they're going to show those guys who saw this, and they're going to be like, it's our new cartoon, Dinosaur Man, you know, or, I don't know, like, they're gonna, there's going to be some kind of, like, dumb kid joke that pays off for any of this background detail, but none of it actually does anything. It's really frustrating. So, uh, Carl Lycos, who has landed in New York and just left the... And Sauron. In case <laughs> Sauron. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Carlycus is is Sauron's name, but Sauron has shown up in his human form and has been wandering around, just like touching people and zapping them, but not turning into Sauron because they're not mutants. And then he senses a lot of energy from Wolverine, so he goes over there and touches them, and then you know goes full pterodactyls out. Uh, which like none of this really makes sense because like Carl the entire time is like I don't want to turn into Sauron, but I must touch these people and drain their energy for some reason. He's, like it doesn't make like a, any. He's like a junkie. Like is yeah. you know, the idea. He's like addicted to it. You know, and it's just like at no point is, is anyone responsible with Carl Lycos. Like this whole episode is about him like getting like being given second and third and fourth chances to like not turn into Sauron. And he just can't not do it. You know, there's no, there's no like, you know, it's not going to end well for the cycle of addiction is real. Like <laughs> Carl Lycos is not going to end well. I just can't get over the fact that it's such an amazing coincidence that he just happens to be right where the Wolverine is. is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Such like, a- like, like <laughs> New York's a big city. Like it's, it's a, not you like know. you could wander around for months and not see somebody, yeah. right? Like it'd be so, especially because the X Men don't live in New York City. Also, like <laughs> they just, just happen to be visiting, and that's why yeah, they just happen like, to go check out the Guggenheim and <laughs> look what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so he he turns into to Sauron. Everybody freaks out, including the the the, the, the conspicuously one eyed hot dog vendor. Um, <laughs> and the uh, so he flies off. The X Men start. They remember they have communicators, which doesn't always happen. Um, I think Beast tells like Storm that uh, you know there's trouble heading heading her mm-hmm. way uh, towards Central mm-hmm. Park, so she zaps her costume on, um, and then tries. Just by by to, the way, Beast's uh, communicator it, is his belt buckle, which so like he has to look yes, down at his dick every time he wants to make a phone call. Reaching down, he also puts on his science kit later, like his like his cool science backpack. Like oh yeah, got some good Beast going on. Um, if, if you're listening um, to this, go hit go hit the Twitter because I definitely made a gif of that uh, in the second episode where he uses it to <laughs> grab a syringe, which is something impossible if you didn't have a robotic arm. <laughs> that syringe has it doesn't have a, a needle or anything that looks like a point. It just looks he just like jams a, a, a sharpie with the cap on and, and <laughs> <laughs> Storm's arm. It's a so the um, so Storm you know attempts to use the Arctic wind uh, of and course. tells everybody about it. If you guys love storm calling out her attacks like she's in an anime like you're gonna love this episode because she summons jubilee Arctic winds. jubilee yeah. does it a couple of times yeah this is yeah. yeah it's all over the place um so the idea is she she summons the arctic wind and nobody cares because they can have be in the cold um rogue shows up and sauron uh hypnotizes rogue into thinking the x-men are uh Really, really teenage, poorly designed, like, monsters. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villains is what they look like to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 a kid, like, if, if you needed to do a background of showing some kids a Halloween, you'd show them dressed up this way. Like, it's it's super goofy. And yeah, of course, these are like, non-branded costumes that you would find at the Halloween store, like, on what? October 30th at 8 p.m., right? <laughs> Why wouldn't he make them look like X-Men villains? I don't, like, I don't you, know. the Savage Land mutates, like, you know the Savage Land mutates, dog, like... You know, it's just like it's too cheap to draw them. Like, they're really shitty. Okay. Make him look like Cody. She's probably scared of that dude still, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, so uh, now that... God, how does Storm pass out? Uh, well, um, she, she she goes up to try to... Uh, and basically, like, uses the winds to knock uh, Rogue loose, I think. And that's when she, uh, Sauron gets a hold of her, hypnotizes her, and puts her to sleep. Oh, okay. Whatever, and, then just, yeah. and then just leaves. Meanwhile, Beast, fly, like... Apparently flies back to the Savage Flies. Because <laughs> he arrived does, in the does, subway. <laughs> he just, he, he, like, he, he landed the plane in, in the subway. <laughs> he, he went to the park and ride. <laughs> parked his jet. <laughs> took the subway into New York. 
I can only assume uh, down here, like if in the in a bays or whatever, where it, like they have these giant buildings where they, they can put ships in like two or three stories tall. Like I can only assume it's one of those, right? Like he just parked it and they just lifted it up into a thing and slotted it in. Yep. Oh yep. man. And then, then, then he, went and he did a couple different transfers, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, bought a, bought a Metro card and uh, yeah, made his way there. Um, so he's flying storm down to the subway to, uh, to take the subway back to his ship. Beast has uh, grabbed Rogue out of midair and then dumps her directly into the lake to try to wake her up. And it makes like some horrible fucking like in the proverbial like whatever bullshit that he says. Sincerest apologies, Rogue, but to employ a time-honored cliche, you'll thank me for this. You'll thank me for this later. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's bad. So so, so, so this, this, this dinosaur that hypnotizes people that subjugated an entire people, the way you mm-hmm. cure the hypnosis is getting wet. Yep. Mm-hmm. It never rains the in the fuck? savage land. Like, it never rains like, in the like, savage like, land. <laughs> Kazar can't just push his buddies into a lake and just like outnumber Sauron like a 10,000 to one. Like, I, I can't believe, why does this snap her out of it? Like, it's so ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I, if you really want to get into it, like there's an argument to made for like the shock, right? Of being dumped into water would like kind of bring you back from whatever. But I, like, seriously, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. None of well, Sauron why makes it been a done whole lot of sense. You know, like, it, like I, I'm not saying the water isn't what it, it's not a problem that the water unhypnotizes you. It's a problem that like, that's not used for the rest of this episode. When people get hypnotized, nope. it wasn't used in previous situations. Like we know the cure, like we know the cure. Yeah, they should have brought super soakers down to savage, to the savage yeah, land to rescue like, or super soaker man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Iceman, can you, uh, can you just drop it 20 degrees and <laughs> just do water, or raise it 20 degrees well, and just do Psychops water? going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no, he's, because we find out he's in Muir Island. They're looking at the Jean Grey egg thing. Yeah, we uh, we mentioned that last episode. I incorrectly said that Wolverine makes an offhand comment, and I was remembering this episode because I watched this episode with the last two that we covered. So that that was on me. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I'm guessing that's a victim of all of our out of order stuff that we have no idea. Like they don't haven't really talked about Jean and what feels like eight months, even though she's yeah. <laughs> sensibly dead. Yeah, so yeah, mm. and she was a major part of the team, but it's. Everyone else is going off to do side adventures, which is yes. fine. Uh, they're flying to the uh, the Savage Land. Yep. Um, there's this whole thing where they look out. G- or uh, Jubilee looks out the window. And is like, who's the big pimple face or something like that to this gigantic statue of Garak? Which, like, I don't really feel like that's how I describe this big rock face statue. Yeah, it's just a and, rock face. Like it looks like a statue from Easter Island, right? Like yeah, old, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. And like I don't see any pimples on it, Jubilee. What are you trying to say? You little, so you Jubilee little calls, nervous? Calls it pimple face. And then Beast apparently is reading a book about it. Because I couldn't I was trying to find the title of it, but because like Wolverine's like, that's Garrick. You know, uh yeah uh, uh told us about it last time. And then Beast like puts down his book like he just read this and is like the inhabitants worship him like a god. Uh, and, and it's just like, oh, okay. You just decided to study up on, on Garrick as if you know the villain already, you know, it's very, very strange. Or he just reads on planes, which like, you know, I guess you know, lucky him cause I can't do it. But that. we've, we've seen that Jubilee can't fly the plane and I have to assume that Wolverine hasn't bothered to learn how to fly the plane. So, I mean, was he reading and flying the plane to the side? No, plane? Wolverine's flying it. Wolverine is, is steering the plane. Oh, is he? For some reason, I was yeah. thinking, I, did, I, I don't remember that. No, no. Maybe because I, Be- I wasn't paying 100% attention to this. <laughs> yeah. Beast is sitting way in the back back. So, <laughs> the, um, uh, so, so we, Zalad, yeah, Zaladane kind of lays out the plot for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she is, tells she tells Sauron that Storm has basically infinite mutant life energy so that if he 
hypnotizes her and makes her lose control, he can basically be Sauron forever. He'll never turn back into Karlikos, which Sauron is all about. So yeah. he does it. He hypnotizes her, and she goes full, like... I, I put in the notes Dark Storm because, I mean, you, your note about Dark Phoenix earlier is exactly, it's exactly the same thing. Like, she doesn't get into yeah. the BDSM outfit, but she's we just We just did Dark this Storm. story. And we're going yeah. to do it again here in a couple weeks. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so she, and Dark Storm is just like crazy storm who likes to actually use weather powers that'd be effective. Like, mm-hmm. any storm that uses lightning. So if it's not fog and Arctic winds, like, that's Dark Storm. Although, hey, although, hey, she does still use fog. So don't, don't. She, she, fog does fog fans. You will like this episode. You're going to get a cameo. Bring Do your you favorite ship storm in fog? Yeah. <laughs> I like, like to call it stog. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking at the the storm fog tag on IMDb, you'll find it here as well. Um. So she's just kind of gonna off in the sky, shooting lightning and zapping and stuff mm-hmm. as the as the X Men arrive and uh, run across a, a T Rex like a T Rex transition. So they can be introduced to to Kazar. Yep. Um, and they, you know, they uh, they fight the T Rex. It knocks Jubilee into a mud puddle, um, which is going to be used for comedy beats later. Eventually, like Kazar gets on top of it and rides it away. Yep, because that's what um, you do to T Rexes. That's all you have to yeah. do is get on top of it. <laughs> yep, they're they're all they're all trained. Um, yeah, you just get on top of it and say, "Here, boy." Just, yeah, yeah. Just, just press him with your knees, and it, it goes in the direction you press. Yeah. The. Um, <laughs> So Kazar kind of explains what's happening uh, as Jubilee uh, gets new clothing and dresses up as like a real shitty jungle stereotype. Yeah, like this is full on like Fred Flintstone orange and, and black <laughs> yeah, spots, know, right? Like, she does, yeah, she dresses up like Fred Flintstone. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> it's super because um, not even the other people are wearing that kind of tiger print. Like, where did she go? No, nobody who lives here is. is like, was that because we haven't seen uh, Zabu? We haven't seen his tiger. Like, is there like a dark side story that happened? Like. <laughs> In the background, like, because for some reason, yeah, Zabu's not here. They didn't want to animate him. Well, um, no, he's, he's actually, we, we, he shows up right here. Uh, oh, you're because, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he tackles Wolverine, and Wolverine gets him in a headlock. And uh, they cuddle. I, I took the time to, like, make a little looping gif of this. And I, I put it in the Slack and said, uh, I found a picture of Gary and Roars because I thought it was really cute. And then some people, I think it was Sam Bear, pointed out that when you can see it, like, his... As Wolverine's like got him in the headlock, his whole like lower jaw moves back and forth, like he's like <laughs> dislocating it and putting it back in place. It's really disturbing. He's <laughs> grinding that grinding down. He's doing orthodontics on the uh, on, on yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, Kazu Kabu showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, that's it's, it's it. Like, and he yeah, doesn't. He, have he spots, cuddles with Wolverine. So. He doesn't fight. You know, no. um, any of the the threats here, and and Jubilee becomes Jubilee of the Jungle, which is her uh, her little name for this this outfit and the like. Uh, and while this is happening, Kazar tells us what's what's been happening in the Savage Land since last we left it. In case you wanted to know, which I didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he says that uh, Sauron took all of his people as slaves to build uh, Mr. Sinister's Tower. Uh, but this rock named Garok, who has kind of been the god of this place for a long time, uh, convinced his people to overthrow. And so now all of his people are 100% into Garok. Like, they're, they're, they're drinking the Garok juice. Um, so... <laughs> It's kind of like cool the way it happens. It's super Lovecraftian because this statue just appears in their village overnight. Uh, and then they all start worshiping it. You know, like it, like it's, it's part of the text that like it wasn't there one night and they wake up and there's a statue in the middle of their village of this big creepy head, you know, but yeah, it's, it's really, you know, we're going to get into Garak here in a bit in the second episode where we get his origin story. But like, it's kind of cool at this point. Like, I mean, he's just like this weird God trying to like make these weird moves. I, I'm kind of into Garrock right now, even though it's ridiculous. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Garrick's not so bad. 
Garrick mm-hmm. is, is way better as far as again judging on the Savage Land curve. I think this is the best Savage Land episodes. So like of it. course we can't have a moment of respite. So uh, Sauron's like people on the back of other pterodactyls, uh, pterodactyls show up, and uh, there's a, a giant fight. People keep getting knocked off, and like you know, Sauron's carrying Rogue at one point. She gets knocked off, so Beast has to jump up and save her. Like Beast does this jumping up and grabbing people out of midair like 18 times, I think, in the space of a minute and a half. Uh, but Sauron, who is losing his his mutant power, and he's got the the weird misshapen head again, uh, is being chased by Jubilee of all people, who like chases him down and shoots him off of you know shoots him down and like he crash lands in the yeah. fucking jungle somewhere. Is this is this where Jubilee's riding a pterodactyl? Yes, it is. As yeah, a so it's fact. Jubilee, <laughs> like uh, in the, you know with his outfit comes comes strange powers, um, and is able to uh, to get on this pterodactyl and chase down Sauron. You know, just knows how to ride it and stuff. Um, takes down Sauron. So in response to this, Zaladin lets uh, Darkstorm loose. Yay! And she starts going crazy, uh, shooting weather everywhere. And, um, like, everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this is, like, attacking everything and everywhere. Uh, the X-Men kind of run over to where Jubilee knocks Sauron out of the sky and find Carl Lycos, who uh, Kesar, like, knows, apparently. is like, oh, this is my friend Carl. What? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a <laughs> good man, because Wolverine's about to straight murder him. Yeah, like Wolverine which up with his claws to cut off his head, and and he's just like, "Don't do, whoa, you're an X Man, like like, remember you're yeah. a superhero, stop it." Yeah. This, this isn't X Force. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's not part of the Blade Squad. The um, yeah. When X Force came out, it was very funny. Like I, I was reading comics at the time, and I used to, I was joking with my friend because it was right when they did this very very long storyline in X Men called the Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar uh, Empire. Mm-hmm. And my friend Ryan would be like, "What X Men is that?" And I'd be like, "Oh, it's Space X Men." And then uh. When I read the beginning of X Force, I stopped reading it because it was it was too dark and edgy for me. Um, but he was just like, "What X Men is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's like Blade X Men." And there there's like this time when all the X Men were just kind of you know, they're X Men in space. They're X Men that had knives as part of their powers. They're X Men. They were all like subdivided into these very very specific uh, little things. So I can't think about the X Force without thinking of just like the Blade Squad or the Blade Men because it was like it was him, it was uh, somebody else with a knife, somebody with claws, somebody with two knives. And somebody else with claws. <laughs> like that was that was you know and then Archangel who could shoot knives. And of that course, was that yeah. was X Force, you know, like it was ridiculous. The or as I like to call them like, portable knives. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um so they, they then that really is kind of how it ends, like just kind of there. There's not really mm-hmm. like I think it shows like Garrick's eyes glowing or something to remind you that he's there. And then we get another to be continued thing similar to the Phoenix one, except this one is lightning. Yeah, and yeah. looks doesn't look as bad as the Phoenix thing, which looks fucking horrible. Yeah, the Phoenix one's real cheap. This at least looks, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's a, a recognized. It, it doesn't bond. look like uh, an effect from like a public access <laughs> radio yeah. show or something, <laughs> or from like a public access TV show in the eighties. We haven't done Rogue either. We're going to do a Rogue, Rogue or Beast. Um, I mean, both. Of, neither one of them are really. I guess let's do Beast because okay. I feel like Rogue will have some shining moments here. So yeah, Rogue will get a. And we've already done Beast Spotlight episode, and for some reason during that episode we didn't talk about Beast. So <laughs> it's because it's Beast. Even now that I'm saying that, I'm kind of kicking myself and thinking, let's just go with Rogue. <laughs> yeah. No, let's, let's let's give let's give Beast his due. Because uh, okay. it's a uh, he's he's awful on the show. Uh, but yes. the more the longer it goes on, the more I'm able to appreciate how awful he is. I think the the turning point was him wanting to fuck that computer. 
So like now it just kind of like I don't know if it makes me have sympathy for him, but now he's a he's a source of fun than frust- more than frustration now. I like how somebody is obviously taking some really care with the character development of Beast throughout this animated series. Like this this new edition where he has like backpacks full of sciencey things and he wears goggles all of the time. Like I really I kind of dig this this whole like sci-fi robotics thing that he's walking around because it's just so fucking goofy, especially paired with his yeah. falling in love with the AI and all of his like way over flowery speech. Like it's it's consistently done. It's consistently over the top and it's I hate it. I hate it so much that I'm almost looping <laughs> all the way back around to love it. It's one of those I, one of those things, you know. I think that he uh, he he they didn't have enough things for him to do because I think in a fight scene in this cartoon, there's nothing he can do that Wolverine can't do. You know, in a in a fight scene, like Wolverine can jump on people like a you know beast and claw them a bunch, and that's what what Beast would do. But I don't know. Like, and he's 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 super strong, but he's not as super strong as Rogue. You know, there's like there's really you know he doesn't really have a good purpose on the on the team other than team scientist yeah you know, other so. than the guy that did the research right like he just happens to know all about garrick like that's his yeah. role he reads yeah, yeah. the paper he reads the file on the way yeah, he, he reads the lore playing. notes like he's, <laughs> yeah. the, he's the one who reads the codexes in fucking dragon age he's the he's the team cole yeah i i didn't i didn't mean that to be mean to Cole. i just know he likes those codexes so i wanted to make yeah. it a, a a super text thing rather than a so he didn't think it was a subtext thing yeah uh, as he listens to this it is uh cole is not is no beast um, and reading, uh, the comics, reading both the Grant Morrison X-Men reading that new X-Men has reminded me that like in the comics, I don't hate beast. Mm-hmm. Like it's really just the cartoon that makes them awful. It's a lot like storm in that respect. Cause the comics like beast is okay. You know, he's not great, but it's like, he's fine. I feel he's, like I, the, uh, the speech patterns aren't for some reason when I read them, they, they come off as way better than the, the cartoon does. And I'm not blaming that on the voice actor. I think the voice actor is reasonably okay at delivering all of this stuff. I just, there's something about just reading this stuff and not hearing it out loud that I think works better for the comics. Yeah. Yeah. You add your own voice to it and, and they just make him, he has more screen time and he has more lines. So they don't have to be like in the cartoon. It's like in a beast episode, he's going to have maybe four lines and they need to make sure he sounds like beast. So they make him do these quotes and they really go overboard with it. So I think as far as like characters who got adapted to the cartoon, like Wolverine's like a one-to-one adaption, right? Like mm-hmm, we talked about how good mm-hmm. this, this version of Wolverine is, but beast suffers a lot from it because he doesn't, you know, he's a fine team player in a book, but he needs more lines. You know, he can't just be like, I get to say one battle quip and that battle quip has to be like quoting Longfellow or something like that. Yeah. He's yeah. uh, he, I think he'd be better served as a, uh, the way that forge is shown in this cartoon, right? Where we mm. see forge like in the background of a team doing some sciencey shit. And that's really all we know about him, but they obviously wanted to put beast in the field because you know, he's on the team. So without that kind of separation, which I think it really is what makes like Grant Morrison's beast really, really work, right? Like he's almost insulated from the team in a weird way. Uh, is, yeah. Is it, I think that the cartoon not having that, making sure that he's there, and then what are we going to have him do? I don't know. He's going to flip around and catch somebody or something. Let's knock somebody off of a dinosaur yeah. because it's the <laughs> fucking savage land. Yeah. And and he can he can be the person who can who can catch it, even though a lot of people can do it. He just happens to be there. You know, he's in. The, I mean, the big difference with that Graham Morrison run run too is that like there isn't really a field team. Like they're responding to things that happen. It's not like also, yeah, also let's that, go yeah. yeah, you know. So it doesn't. He makes more sense in that context where like in a reactive role, you know, mm-hmm. something's happening to the X-Men and he, uh, you know, he deals with it. It makes me wonder, um, I can't remember if the cartoon does a legacy virus episode. Um, but that would be really interesting if they do, because like that would be beast time to shine. Uh, given that like, that's, you know, it's him solving a disease. 
And uh, I'd be really curious as what they do with that, which is explicitly like an AIDS metaphor, you know, like that, that's, you know, very, very much like a, 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 a thing of like, you know, a, an extension of the X-Men as a metaphor for homosexuality, you know, and, and being gay, <laughs> uh, having that, you know, there's, oh, there's a disease that just people who are mutants get and it's, it's fatal. We can't cure it, you know, and stuff like when that mm-hmm. came out, that was very much. So I wonder if they, they do something like that. That'd be really interesting if they do. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of skimming through our uh, our episode synopsis. And I don't see anything like that, so I'd be kind of curious if that gets sprung up somehow. Because I'm just I'm reading basically the first sentence of all this stuff, and I don't really see anything. Yeah. I can see them avoiding it too, just because it's heavy. Yeah, because you know, yeah. as is like the the episodes that really try to take advantage of Beast have not done a real good job of it. Like his highlight episodes have been pretty intolerable because it's cartoon Beast, but even those have been better like the the episode where he falls in love with the computer the episode where he falls in love with the blind girl the um those have been oh, better than just his worst one-liners in other people's episodes where like you you condense him down and he's just like the shittiest fucking cold brew like you do not want concentrated beast you want to have a beast spread out over you know you want to be spread that's what you're saying yeah, you, you want a little be- spread of beast spread that beast <laughs> Yep. <clears throat> we, yeah. we've talked a lot about like the weird garbage comic book thing where they, they put everybody in like their bathing suits or whatever and yeah uh, man like yeah. anytime beast is like wearing clothes I, I call it out a lot but anytime he's wearing like <laughs> any like a like a like a thong basically like a, a mankini or whatever you want to call it like it's just ridiculous it's it's very weird because it's um, like he's got a you know i don't know it, it's just out of all the x-men to, to picture naked like he's one of the weirdest ones especially when he becomes a cat you know, so like, yeah, I don't know yeah. where that extends the, and like, yeah. The, um, someone in the Slack mentioned this and I think we talked about this on the previous Savage Land episode, but, uh, he doesn't like lose his fur or his blueness when he goes to the Savage Land when they've got all of like the mutant suppression stuff because that's all science stuff. Like his, yeah. his mutant ability was basically just like, I can, I'm, I'm super strong and I'm agile. Yeah. And he, he was always kind of a pretty boring X-Man before he got the, the kind of blue fur and stuff too. That's not made another thing we're picking up on. So like the fact, and, and even then though, like you'd think that he would lose that when he was in the Savage Land, and just become kind of like a like a big, normal guy. Maybe that happens, you know. But he still, I feel like he still did agility shit. Yeah, you know? this is definitely ringing a bell. I think we did talk about this, and we were like, I think we said it on the fact like that dude exercises, right? Like he's in the danger room yeah. all the time, so he's probably yeah. just doing some of this stuff naturally. Unlike uh, Wolverine, who someone pointed out should literally collapse to the ground under the, yeah. under the weight of his bones. <laughs> yeah, and immediately die of adamantium poisoning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like because like agility isn't a superpower. Like everyone has a even people you know myself. Like I'm a, you know a big guy. I'm kind of pokey, but like if I knock something off my desk, sometimes I catch it. Mm-hmm. You know, like agility is a thing you can do. I can stop Rory yeah. from getting out of my room. You know, like it's a it's a thing that you can learn. It's not I beams, right? Yeah, it's it's a stat. It's not a power. Like in Dungeons and Dragons terms, it would be something that everyone can do to a degree, as opposed to like a feat. You know, I mean, and your that, yeah, your agility controls how fast you drink water, right? That's how the way that agility works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes me it just. I wonder if that's part of what uh, you know. Some of my kind of coolness on Beast historically has just been that, like you know. As a function, I always I'm I always worry that someone's gonna make fun of us for this, and I we're both the same way. Where we both like really like cool power sets, mm-hmm. you know, for X Men and, and for comics. Like we just think that's cool. Um, and I always worry that someone's gonna be like, oh, you know, it doesn't that doesn't matter. It's just the, the character and stories. And I think it for me, it's a function of like when I got into comics, you know, where that was king. Like it was just like, oh, this guy's gonna be able. It was just a power fantasy, and it was like, it's real cool. That this character is why I like Gambit so much. I was like, he thought he had a super cool power, you know. And and I wonder how much of my like lukewarmness to Beast is because uh because of that 
Yeah, because yeah, he has boring, a really boring power set. Like it's just yeah. like it's not even you know Rogues isn't particularly flashy, but it's really really interesting, right? Like even though she, you don't really get to see her like light something else on in a purple glow and throw it and it explodes like Gambit does. Like it's still at least interesting. Whereas like Beast is just super smart and yeah. he can run and jump real well. That's that's really about it. And yeah. well, and one can drive the other too. So when you look at like. Um, rogue like a lot of the cool character moments and things are driven by her power right like that defines her character whereas beast it was just meant to be like what if a strong guy was smart um and that's one one of the reasons why and i know i bring up the grant morrison accent more than anything else but like all the interesting things they did with his character during that is because they didn't hone in on his powers they honed in on the science stuff Mm -hmm. like he had this like you know his his mutation made his science thing look different and they dealt with him dealing with that physical transformation and it really worked because that was the more interesting thing. It wasn't interesting just that he was agile and strong, you know? So like a really good superhero comic, it does both. Like you have a character with a cool power or at the very least a power that drives their characterization or drives the plot. And mm. all the other X-Men like do really good jobs with that. Like that's definitely a thing for Cyclops. That's a thing for rogue. It's a thing for Phoenix, you know, with, with dark Phoenix, it's a thing for, you know, um, not for like Jubilee, but for a lot of the X-Men, it, it, it does that, you know, Wolverine is like a victim of the things that happened to him. Like it's, you know, and those things happened because of his power. Like they it's like that for Jubilee when they turn her into a vampire. That's how they had to do that. With Jubilee. <laughs> they had to turn her into a, the same way they had to turn Beast into a cat. They had to turn Wolverine into a vampire or a Beast into a vampire to uh, to make it work. You know, she's a, still a vampire. Like a new comic, uh, you know, uh, a new Generation X came out. And they deal with her like she's just like doesn't show up in a reflection or something. And I, the people who I listen to, there's a podcast, a uh, comics podcast, I listen to called House to Astonish, and they talked about it. And they're like, yeah, she's still a vampire. And it's like oh shit! <laughs> not, not getting rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they haven't cured her her vamp the, the jubilee vampirism yet. Um. Anywho, Oof. make make beast a vampire, and then the that would be fun. I could do, I could do you know because I think that he would be real fun on the science side of it, right? Like he'd like really want to know why he's why all of a sudden women find him attractive. Yes. Why <laughs> why, why am I hot now? <laughs> a study a study by Hank McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> What is uh? What happens in Savage Land, Savage Heart Part Two, Gary? Well, uh, Garrick fuses with the island's volcano and the surging planetary <laughs> force. <laughs> you know, Garrick. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he fuses uh, with the island's volcano and and the surging planetary force below it, bringing the island to the edge of destruction. Realizing his mistake, Sauron engages Garrick in battle and eventually manages to absorb Garrick's immense power. Will the X-Men allow Sauron to defeat Garrick and risk losing Storm? Or will Garrick's might be too much for Sauron and the X-Men? Well, that mostly happens. <laughs> sure, it, yeah, it does beg the question as to why this is an X-Men story, but like... You know. <laughs> I know it's not meant to, but bringing the island to the edge is just really funny in the modern context <laughs> of that word, right? <laughs> in the end, the, this volcano's gonna blow, bub. Uh, so we pick up pretty much right where we we, we leave off where the uh, storm kind of going crazy and summoning rage winds, which I think she actually says like I'm summoning rage winds now or something like it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, uh, Jubilee, like you mentioned earlier, she's now Jubilee of the jungle. Uh, and it's since storm is summoning all these rage winds and making the weather go crazy. Like it's raining and the, the animation effect, Gary, and I know we get a little blue on this podcast, but <laughs> for all of the world, it looks like every single character is just covered in cum. Like just, it just looks so Everyone bad. got just on like, it, it's all just all the way down. And like the, uh, it looks really, really bad. Water is, is always hard. 
for comics mm-hmm. people to do mm-hmm. or, or animation to do. And it happens even like, uh, like I've never seen like a good cartoon show somebody crying except unless it's like huge, like exaggerated way. But yeah. like, you know, you always see in the Simpsons where they shed a tear and it like looks like this big, weird goober of gel pops out of their face. Like it's real weird. Um, this is the same thing. They're using that kind of effect, but for rain, everyone looks skeeted upon and it, it's, it's not attractive. It's um, not great. It's not great. So Jubilee, this, when she uh, comes Jubilee, the jungle now she's trying to take down storm. Mm-hmm. Like she thinks she can, this is where that happens, right? Like she thought, yeah, I took down Sauron. I can take down Storm, and Storm just fucking like zaps her and throws like rip. You know, it's just like you fucking die now. Like, just hits her with wind until she's gonna free fall until she becomes a wet fucking red paste on the ground. Like, yeah, it wasn't somebody good. catches her. I'm sure it was Beast. That's, yeah. that's, 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 we didn't talk about this in the yeah. in the segment, but like that's literally his superpowers catching people, yeah. right? Like that's that's all he does in, this, in these two yep. episodes. The X Men um, makes fog, catches people, like. <laughs> Faints when she tries to use her powers. I want to see back, that on the back of the uh, on the play, trading card, right? <laughs> Catching people yeah, yeah. eight <laughs> yeah. eight to eight point seven. Yeah. He's a catcher uh, in the rye. Oh. So uh, Garak talks about like now that Storm is unleashing all of this elemental energy, he's uh, he's becoming more powerful, and like we see this weird shadow thing kind of escape from him, and this is going to be a slow build up to Garak becoming a giant rock person towards the end of the episode, but like it's. I don't know. Like this stuff, this is okay. It's still storm being kind of ridiculous, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Storm is they like the X-Men who have been kind of, are hiding out after cause storms powers cause all these dinosaurs to stampede at the X-Men and a really goofy looking scene. Just remind you that there are, there are dinosaurs here. Like like, this is, this is what a fucking like tableau. This whole thing is like, (laughs) there are dinosaurs in play still. (laughs) Also, like none of the X Men are seem to be really surprised about like they never ever talk about the dinosaurs being like actual fucking dinosaurs. No, like c- contrast with like this opening, you know, the scene in Jurassic Park where the archaeologists exactly. first see the dinosaurs. That's like, exactly what I was going to. You should up. be interested in it. <laughs> you know, like out of everyone, like can appreciate. You guys were just at the fucking National Natural History Museum. Like you, you beast, you drag these people to go look at dinosaur skeletons, and now you have the ability whenever you want to go see real dinosaurs. Why were you even in that museum, and why are you not impressed? And then, like uh, they at the end of this, obviously the X Men are okay, but they just fucking jet. Like we're out of here. See you later. You would think yeah. that, that at least Beast would be like, okay, I'm going to collect some stool samples. I'm going to take some pictures, some skin cells. Yeah. Like I'm interested in this. Not like this is this could change science as we know it. Perhaps uh, I can have a drylo bite. You know, just uh, like, yeah, it just doesn't happen. It, it's uh, it is the casualness with which I think, it, like, I think the, the word dinosaur is only said like once or twice too. Like, it's almost like only the audience can see them. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, I don't remember if it's here. Um, it, it might be later on, but there's a scene where there's uh, like a baby brontosaurus gets like pushed out, and like a, a the, 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 the dad giant, brontosaurus has to like pick him up in his vagina? mouth. Oh. Say again? Out of a giant brontosaurus vagina? Is that the scene you're yes. talking about where it gets yeah, pushed out? Yeah, that, that exact, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brontosaurus vagina is the name of my other podcast, Gary. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's mostly about Overwatch shipping, though. So, um. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I just had a guess. It, it's, uh, I'm, I'm right about half the time when I guess that for Jeremy Greer projects. The um, true. Yeah. The... Uh, so yeah, so the boy, what is happening here? They they get out of the way of the stampede. Yeah, so they're they're hiding in the cave and they're they're kind of debating like, what are we going to do about storm? Um, 
<laughs> uh, we need to talk about Storm. I guess it'd be the joke. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, I think Jubilee says something, and they're like, no, that won't work. And Wolverine's like, I can knock her out. And then they finally settle on uh, letting Sauron uh, feed on her power. So, Sauron is currently in human form because he's transformed yeah. back to Carlicus. And he convinces them that, no, 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 it's fine. I know I'm, I know I'm an addict. I, and I just want a little hit, and I'll be okay. <laughs> And we'll be yeah. fine. And the X Men believe him. And uh, yeah. well, they Wolverine set up again. This con- the, the Wolverine's the voice of reason, as always. And Wolverine's like, no way, you know. But then <laughs> yeah. uh, Kazar advocates for him. You know, he's like, you don't know him like I do. He'll be fine. And we don't have a choice. Is the idea. However, it's like they forgot that they have somebody on their team who sucks powers. Well, like, uh, is it because like, it's not here? But I'm tr- I'm trying to remember why they didn't let because they talk about it. They they actually say Rogue's like I can go drain her powers. And I'm like, no, but then you'll be crazy or something. <laughs> Yeah, like, why would you drain her, like, you know, like, her, her, I mean, I guess she does absorb people's mind, but it just seems weird that she would automatically absorb her temperament like that, you know, and then, like, why, when Sauron absorbs her powers, like, nothing happens like that with Sauron, you know, it's real silly, it's convoluted, like, it feels like he shouldn't um, have been on this this mission. (laughs) He's you know. not uh, absorbing her powers like Rogue is, right? Like, if you want to get to the, the technical oh, stuff, he's just absorbing her energy, maybe? So, it's like, so when Rogue does it, maybe she gets, like, the emotions, the mind, the the memories, and everything. So maybe she would go crazy. Versus Sauron yeah. just literally sucking energy out of you. So Yeah, it's a power versus energy thing. <clears throat> That's probably more thought than the fucking writers put into that, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> like we just, it's, 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 they were just it's, like, whatever. We want Sauron to do it so he can turn back into Sauron. Yeah, because he has to for the climax of this, which is, you know, incredible. Um. So they, they, they distract uh, Storm by throwing, catapulting, uh, flaming rocks at her. Like, it's like, be careful, we yeah, don't want to kill her. And it's like, well, shit, like, a gigantic boulder. Um, while Rogue Sauron, uh, fly combo, uh, sneaks up behind her and absorbs her. Uh, mm-hmm. Absorbs some of Storm's powers, and they're like, okay, Carl, let go. And he's like, never, you know, and of course turns into <laughs> to Sauron because of, like, Surprise! no other, yeah, no other possibility. Uh, of course he did. Yeah, so, I don't like they, they set this whole thing up like he's not, and then immediately he does. So like it's it's just always funny to me. Yeah. So this is where Rogue does try to use her powers on Sauron to try to drain him, and nobody says like, "Oh, that's just going to turn you into a you know maniac dinosaur or anything like that." Uh, and this is this is really incredible because it yeah it this turns is her this into is a great. dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> it like, literally turns her into a dinosaur yeah. in the most horrifying way possible. Like this would have to damage your face somehow, right? Like you don't, your face your is bones like, there's her bones unsetting and setting and unsetting. Like just imagine the sound, like the crackling of like new bones growing, old bones slawing away. Like this would it, be in it that, is, uh, it's really horrific. Warren Ellis comic you were talking about, right? Like the, uh, Oh, and ruins. <laughs> yeah. Like, every time rogue, you know, absorbs the powers of like beasts, like her bone structure just mashes into new shapes, you know, to be extra agile and stuff. It's real gross. Um, yeah, so they, you know, she gross. collapses though. Cause they, you know, their powers have canceled each other out, mm-hmm. uh, which like with no further explanation, like, okay. Absorbings cancel each other out. Yeah. So. Which whatever, who cares? <laughs> but it just, it, yeah. um, so now we see like this shadow that's Garak that came, sprung out of his, like, stone face or whatever it's like roaming across the countryside and turning this vegetation into like these crystals which is kind of spooky and scary um yeah. I, I, I like that uh 
they've they've calmed down Rogue, right? So once, once excuse me, Storm. So once Sauron absorbs her power, she collapses. Guess what? Beast catches her, and uh, yeah. they basically give her they give her a nap. They let her go to sleep for a little while, but she wakes up and she's still fucking crazy. So they have to like restrain her. And this is what I mentioned earlier with Beast. Like has a robot arm to come out of his backpack to hand him this <laughs> sharpie syringe <laughs> yeah, just to jam into her arm to to, to calm her down. Um, she when she wakes up, she destroys the statues that the natives are worshiping. Um, like when she mm-hmm. first wakes up. Uh, because she knows somehow instinctively that Garrick is like against the land because she's got, in addition to controlling the weather, she has a weird touch uh, with it. Yeah. And I don't, uh, she's is got this the before or after she, she starts, this is before she starts, uh, Beast thinks she's causing an earthquake, right? That happens later. Uh, this happens later. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, hate, um, I fucking hate that line. Um, <laughs> think fucking Beast. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, beast, that's a product at, at the end, I think. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, so they put Storm to, sleep meanwhile uh sauron lands next to Zalady and is like gather my slaves and she just goes no and it's real like you know no, <laughs> no uh, uh no pomp pomp to it at all that's really great yeah it's 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 really funny <laughs> he, yeah. I, I like how he and then he like garak like reaches up with some v- crystal vines or whatever and just like holds him in place and, like he's just out of the picture for the next 10 or 15 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah Sor- sauron and we we learn about garak you know his backstory which is of this, you know, this ancient, ancient being here. It's pretty boring. It's, uh, it's pretty boring, but it's really funny because uh, he's this ancient being who apparently was just down in the savage land, just fucking shit up. Like that was his only thing. Like he was just down there blowing mm-hmm. some shit up. And then another dude shows up and like traps him in a rock and then leaves. The guy isn't named. He's is not a recognizable character that I can tell. And he just like he's just leave. who is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> I just keep going back to like who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why it. It feels like he's on loan from another. Like he'd be like an Avengers villain that just yeah, like showed yeah, up here good. or something like that. But he's he's an X Men villain. Garrick shows up. It's a it's a thing. Yeah. Okay. So his 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 whole goal is to like. There's this system of in this volcano, which is like has like some sort of connection to this energy source underneath savage underneath the savage land, which is what keeps it like warm and all savage like. Uh, but like the way that the cartoon shows it, it's all like technological like it's like met this like machines and shit down there so i, I don't really magneto remember my history it. of the savage lands yeah do it probably magneto built it yeah um, okay well but this is like but they it was here like thousands of years ago in garrock's time mm-hmm. yeah yeah literally I don't it does know. not matter i don't i don't understand <laughs> why i have no idea why yeah uh, um yeah so this is the chronology gets a little confusing to me at this point. Um, so we, you know, we found out about his whole plot. This is why he got storm to show up here. So he did mm-hmm. his very, very complicated plot. Um, the land starts kind of changing into more of these crystals as Garrick gains power. And, uh, mm-hmm. he makes a gigantic face in the mountain, makes like Mount Garrick more, uh, out on, on the side, the first president of the, of the uh, the savage land. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is where the ground starts shaking. And beast says, uh, has storm added earthquakes to her meteorological repertoire and uh, earthquakes aren't meteorology uh, no. or weather or anything dipshit. No. Like you can't, you can't be like, it's like one of the things that when we talked about like this many times with beast, but it's like one of the reasons why his characterization feels so shitty is that he's not smarter than anyone else on the team. He just uses bigger words, you know, like it's I the, know that. It's the Jackson Pollock problem. That. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like uh, you know, I think I can't tell his drop cloths from his paintings. It's like no, no. Anybody who knows art does. 
doesn't count. Tell the difference between that. Like <laughs> yeah. you're you just you're just parroting the words, but you have no conception of their meaning. It's like he learned English phonetically, but didn't actually learn the, the meanings of anything. Like he just like learned it from a <laughs> phrase book, you know. So he just has these little <laughs> phrases he pops in, and like this is one of them. Where I'm like, fucking Jubilee probably had eighth grade Earth science. Like she knows that that's not a thing, you know. Why don't you, genius? Doesn't seem so smart to me. And, and- and he's definitely a teacher, right? Like, are they? Yeah. Are they, is is yeah. he technically a teacher in this? I don't really remember if they ever did. I think they're just a team. But yeah, like yeah, ostensibly, no, no students. Xavier is a school, which yeah. we never really talk about. Yeah, he's he's just a uh, teacher, like just like once a day, like it's just the two of them in a room and her like correcting him on and you know telling what these words mean. It's probably like a very touching thing where like secretly she's the teacher, and he mm-hmm, and he's the student, mm-hmm. but they like you know he makes a big show and then like. She's going to teach him, you know, that words have meaning and like what some of these, these common misconceptions actually mean and stuff. So it's very, I bet you it's actually very cute. Like, a, you know, I was going to say goodwill hunting, but that's not right. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is kind of like, I'm kind of with you where the chronology gets a little messy right here. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's just, it's basically just like an extended scene of storm, like shooting and shouting powers at Garrick, the rock who is slowly but steadily getting stronger with this elemental energy. And she doesn't quite realize that um, rogue flies up to try to stop her. And in the process free Sauron. So good job mm-hmm. at that rogue. <laughs> Which they end up um, needing to. Yeah. Yeah. Like they that, have that ends to. up being like a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's sloppy. Yeah. So, uh, once Sauron's free, he decides he can go over to the volcano and absorb Garak's power while he's absorbing the power, while Garak is absorbing the power from the volcano. So it's kind of like a, you know, buy one, get one power source absorption party or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's too much and it's like, he can't handle it. And they both just get super big because that's what happens when you absorb a lot of volcano energy, I guess. <laughs> and so they fight as like two big, uh, kaijus. Like more or less, like the yeah, two it's them, giant like rock two, man versus lizard, you know, versus gi- lizard giant, bird, giant Sirak. Well, while the X Men do nothing, <laughs> the X Men just hang out and watch. Like, which, in all fairness, is what you would do too, right? Like, I wouldn't want to be around. I would try to go. Be, I'd be going back to the plane at this point. Like, I got to get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah, this is no longer our story. A big explosion happens as their two forces, which a, a, a mm-hmm. spacecraft just happens to be like they show it from space. And they have the uh, the establishing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, shot of somebody in space seeing it, you know, which is very funny to me. Whenever that happens, like, oh, if this didn't happen, if an astronaut didn't see it, didn't happen. Um, so everyone wakes up. Um, you know, storm is found under some rocks, which is like personal held her, and they leave. Yep, um, that's it. They're like, I'm not going to turn into Sauron anymore. It's like, well, there's no more mutants here. He's like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to take a jet out and turn into Sauron. You guys can trust me for some reason. And they go, yep. And then they go, <laughs> and this uh, this this scene in which the X Men like this the whole story where the X Men were merely tools to be utilized for the struggles between a lizard and a rock uh, has now come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> which you know, a story about a lizard and a rock is like one of uh, Gambit's sexual <laughs> lessons, right? <laughs> Keep your lizards away from rocks, boys yeah. and girls. <laughs> now that lizard be looking at that rock and say, "Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like it look pretty good, no." Uh, that rock lifts her tail and then they get to business but sir it's a rock but then they keep going he can't stop (laughs) it just feels so good you know first he charged a card (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this episode like feels like it just ends right like it's 
Yeah. It, just not, it barely feels like there's any resolution. They they just say like, oh, we need to put Storm. Storm needs medical attention, so we're going to get her to the jet and then fly home. Uh, and then Kazar or whatever. Kazar, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I can't pronounce anything today, Gary. I don't yeah, know yeah Kazar, I think. Kazar. Um, yeah. Walks over to Sauron, who is now Karlykos, and is like, don't worry, friend. There's no more mutant energy here. You'll never be turned. You'll never turn into Sauron again. And I'm like, well, how the fuck was he doing it before? <laughs> what? Yeah. I I don't, uh, yeah, it's pretty dumb. And and, yeah. and it's taking, you know, it's not like the X-Men aren't going to, for some reason, mutants in general have a vested interest in the Savage Land. Like, they keep coming back whether we care about it or not. <laughs> you know? Um, and it doesn't even feel uh, like a top-down, like, it's not like Professor Xavier is like, you know, we really need to worry about this uh, Savage Land. Like, we could, it could potentially be used by our villains to blah, blah, blah. Like, it's nothing like a, it's not a directive or anything. They just go there every once in a while. Yeah. Like, okay. It's our monthly check-in. It's 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 dumb, but it's again, these dumb. are these episodes are bonkers enough to where I do I can't help but like them. Like uh, you know, just the the ends with a gigantic rock fighting a gigantic lizard for some reason, and Jubilee fights Rydron a pterodactyl <laughs> dressed up as Fred Flintstone, and like enough weird things happen that I I am into it. I can't help it, you know. I'm I'm the type um, of dude that sees a giant lizard man and a giant rock man fighting with each other, and I I really enjoy it. Like I'm just that dude, so like yeah. it works for me. Like it, the context is almost meaningless. Like you know, just it's just good, right? It's just fun stuff at some point. Yeah, um, it, well, it, it, it's, also, it is like very it, ridiculous. It's like um, I feel like it kind of uh, inoculates us against what would have been like a, either a Savage Land episode, which would have been shitty, or a Storm Highlight episode, which would have been shitty. You know, like this is, it's kind of weirdly becomes more than the sum of its parts because it sounds like two of the, my least favorite things about this cartoon put together, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, it is exactly that with a healthy dose of that other thing that you don't like sprinkled throughout in the form of beast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. beast it's, it's, it's all the, all the worst things about X-Men put together, but then they take it and just make it weird enough that like I'm into it. Yeah. And, you know? and you know, weird is always good, right? Like I would, I'll take a, a weird story that doesn't quite hit versus like a, by the numbers story that, you know, is, is quote unquote good or whatever. So this very much, so. it's still, it's still very ridiculous. And like, I, I watched the first episode twice because we had a pretty big delay between the time we, the first time I watched it and when we were going to record. So I wanted to refresh my memory yeah. and our schedule is in shambles. Our <laughs> schedule is fucking terrible right now. Yeah. I have got to stop recording to give up skeleton. I do it all the time. It's, it's just getting in the way of my, my daily life. I've got three lined up for tonight. It's ridiculous. Oh, oh my God. It's, it's, not, it's not true. Um, Pull back. But it's it's just like watching it the second time. It's just like it doesn't it's, it doesn't feel like an X. Nothing happens. Like really, it's a storm thing, right? Like it's, it's storm, but it's not really an X-Man story. Like it's just storm getting a little out of control, which as you've talked, we've talked about it in the episode. We've already handled with Jean Grey. Like we're, yeah. The next episode of this podcast is going to be covering, you know, the Dark Phoenix saga. We're going to get that. So, why? Is yeah. It, did they just want to draw some dinosaurs? <laughs> were they jealous <laughs> of, of all the other cartoons that got to draw dinosaurs? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. It's a. Uh, I don't know. It, no, no, Gary. I need a fucking answer. Tell me. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting you up for this. This is your fault. This was this podcast was your idea, not really. I, I, the, the, um, I, uh, I I can't say. I, I can say that I'm excited to move on from this and get back into Dark Phoenix Saga. Yeah, this should that, be which is what we're doing be after Super this. good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're covering then two episodes. Two episodes there, uh, one up, or two episodes each because the Dark Phoenix Saga is four episodes rather than five. Yep. Um, and there's there's no uh, no prequel to it or anything like that either, so we don't have to deal with. The death strike in the in the 
their shit shower in the the middle of the uh the morlocks uh piss zone you know oh god uh, um isn't isn't lady that's right coming back in the season too like a real so. more and weapon there go. Lies and there go. yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not looking forward to that but uh i'll uh i'll deal with it i suppose gary um, I'm, pretend i'm yeah. a guy that isn't on this podcast but i really mm-hmm. enjoy this podcast and i really want to support it what is the best way for a guy like me to do that um we should send an email to gary butterfield with the subject line can i replace jeremy greer auditions are open (laughs) Uh, no you should uh you should the the best thing you can do to support the whole network is support us on patreon you go to patreon.com slash duck tv uh you can see uh all the the rewards and stuff you get you can kind of um see what you get in exchange for helping us and kind of where we're at and we're making some changes to the patreon they should be dropping right around when this episode comes out which is next saturday uh, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, one of those is a stretch goal that is very specific to this show that is so monumentally stupid uh, and I really want to do it and I think that people will like it if they like the show and it is uh, it's the worst so it if is. you if you want to see this very very dumb idea take form which you should be able to see by the time you, I just don't want to say it on air in case it's not yeah, up on in case it's not up yet yeah, so. but I think I'll probably, you will want um, to see that you've probably depending on the way things shake out, if it's actually public or not, by the time this airs, I'll have, I'll talk about it at the very beginning when I do the intro. Yeah. So. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, yeah, that's the best way you can do it. And even a little bit of money helps. So like, you know, you can yeah. come into our Slack channel. Um, our Slack channel is such a tremendous value and is becoming a big community that, uh, is, you know, we're trying to make sure it stays positive and everything. Um, mm-hmm. so we've actually raised, you know, the, the ask for that. If you're already in the Slack channel, you know, you're grandfathered in otherwise, uh, we've moved that up to $5 a month, which is still a steal for I think one of the like best and most supportive communities online. So it's, um, it, it is, is it, ridiculous. It's, it's a hobby. Like, yeah. Uh, multiple people have told me that it replaces social networking for them, like almost writ large. So it definitely replaces Facebook and um, it's pers- it's directly responsible for me not reading something awful anymore. Like I just, I have no need for that anymore. So yeah, we've poached a lot of people from something awful. So low tax are coming for you the, yeah. Um, yeah richard yeah, <laughs> yeah. so but it, it is a, it is a good uh it's a it's a good value it's a very good place and there's a bunch of other stuff you can do and you can also just support the show because you like it um, Absolutely. The thing would be, itunes uh, reviews rating, help yeah. oh yeah and uh and make me feel yes. pretty good about myself and at, at the same time which is always nice so uh but more importantly it bumps us up on like itunes searches algorithms and all that stuff so like people looking for the show will find it if you leave a bunch of reviews for it which is cool yeah and we, we don't do this that often, but Jeremy, why don't you tell people who are listening to this what other podcasts you do? Because you're on several oh, different wow. other podcasts. I'm on several different ones. So if you like this and you also are a fan of um, hunks hunting down supernatural creatures, you should listen to Monster of the Week. Me and my buddy Chris are covering uh, the entire series of Supernatural. And Gary, if you think we have a lot of work for us with the X-Men, <laughs> there's there's 13. It just got renewed for season 13, and it's 22 episodes per season. Woohoo. So, 260 <laughs> something episodes left of, of that pod of not the podcast of, of, of the show to cover, but it's fun. It's a, it's a real goofy take. We treat it kind of seriously and also rip on it all the time. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Monster of the week. Cool. Is the URL for that because <laughs> the internet is the dumbest place in the world now. So. <laughs> um, yeah. What's, so you, what's your favorite podcast that you're on, Gary? Let me put you on this. No, I'm kidding. Oh, the, 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 <laughs> um, what, uh, what else is a, uh, uh, well, and you're also uh, don't give up skeleton, which you mentioned. Yeah, mm-hmm. as well. and dark insight. So, but you and can just insight. hit my Twitter up for that um, at JG Greer, and you can find all of the links to that that you might want to find. 
yeah, just check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably good. Um, yeah, so uh, until next time, uh, good night, everybody. Good night.